Welcome everyone to episode 10 of the MBE Enterprise Podcast, where we talk about money, business, and entrepreneurship with some of the brightest business minds I know. Today, I am joined by aerospace engineer, founder, and CEO of Parawave, Aditya Ramaswamy. Aditya, how are we doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great as well. Thank you for asking. It's it's always a fun day when I get to do another another one of these podcast episodes. Uh, I really enjoy it. Talking to people about business, money, entrepreneurship, startups, you know, they're, what can be better, right? Hey, um, I'm happy to be here and thank you for the invite. Dude, I'm excited to talk. So I want to get right into it here with you. Let's do it. You, you told me you just started going full-time with your startup that you founded or the chief executive offer, officer of. Parawave. Let's tell everyone a little bit about Parawave and kind of what you guys are up to over there. Yeah. Uh, so Parawave is a drone company engineering drone solutions for the emergency and first response space. Uh, so our goal is in any emergency or situation, quickly getting a bird's eye view to analyze the situation and then help triage critical resources to help save lives. Uh, so both me and my co-founder, Jack Murray, uh, we both just graduated with our bachelor's in aerospace engineering just a few months ago from Ohio State. Uh, so we're proud to be Buckeyes. Uh, we started up Parawave last year uh, while we were undergraduate students, uh, and we're really excited to be working on Parawave uh, full-time, uh, officially from the summer. Take me back now a little bit, Aditya, to the origins of Parawave. How did this kind of start? Was it in, in your mind? Uh, was it a collective effort? Um, let, take us back a little bit to just just really the beginning, the birthplace of Parawave. Absolutely. Well, both both Jack and I have a lot of experience in the drone space. Uh, so we uh, was late 2021. Uh, we were both like, "Hey, we 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 both like drones. Like, let's start let's start a business." Uh, so we had brainstormed quite quite a few different ideas of different drone businesses that we'd like to pursue. Uh, and then I mentioned like, hey, like, why don't we engineer drones for emergency situations to help save lives and use drones to get a bird's eye view, help analyze any situation and uh, to help uh, to help first responders do uh, to do their jobs. Um, so that was it was an exciting idea. We're both like, hey, this the sounds the sounds good. But neither Jack or I had any first responder experience what, whatsoever. Um, so then we had reached out to departments. We had um, uh, met with a lot of incredible first responder departments in the in the Columbus area, gained some really valuable feedback in terms of how can drones help save lives. Um, it was really inspiring to hear their their stories, their challenges, the work that they do, and how drone solutions can better help them as well as help keep the communities that they serve safer. Uh, so that was really inspiring and just lit a huge, uh, huge fire for us to take our passion uh, for drone technology, our um, drive as engineers to help create solutions and to help support um, our, our local communities and help build safer communities. Um, Jack has a, a ton of experience in the drone space. Um, for me, I had started up Ohio State's first drone competition team uh, to help build a platform for students to learn about the exciting potential of drone technology, as well as the advanced air mobility space in terms of what can electric aircrafts do uh, to really revolutionize the way that 
individuals interact with our national airspace system. Uh, so that was really, really exciting. It was a competition team too. And uh, uh, just getting students excited about how do you build drones? Because uh, the potential of drones is, is limitless. Um, uh, Jack had uh, also a lot of experience in the drone in the drone space too. And we both, um, we both are really excited to, to, to work together. He's, he's a phenomenal friend. Uh, and an incredible co-founder too. Uh, so it has been an incredible journey. We, we've been working on Paraway for for more than a year and a half now, and uh, uh, we're getting ready to launch our first drone uh, later on this fall. Uh, and it's we're, we're we're so grateful for for all the support that we've that we've received. Uh, back in 2022, we had competed in Ohio State's inaugural President's Buckeye Accelerator, which awards fifty thousand dollars to student ventures. Uh, for students to work on their business while simultaneously completing their degrees. And we're really, really grateful and thankful to have been a part of that inaugural cohort, receive the $50,000 to start up our business, as well as be supported while uh, also completing our engineering degrees as well. Aditya, you mentioned how you guys got into the first responder um, emergency kind of space that you decided to to move forward with that when you had already established that you were going to be working with drone technology, uh, as you guys obviously had the background in that as well. Were there other categories or potential um, areas of interest as far as, mm -hmm. as different subjects for what you guys wanted to work on with drones that obviously didn't come to fruition, but were maybe considered? Absolutely. We had brainstormed a, a couple couple quite a couple of di couple ideas um uh, it's it's funny now when we look back at it like oh gosh that that would not have been um it might have been fun for like a few months but not something that would have really ignited our passion to stick with it um so we had thought about doing drone light shows uh because we thought like oh like drone light shows would be super cool um and uh, something fun uh, we had thought about doing drones for photography, uh, maybe drones for like package deliveries, um, things like that. Uh, but we wanted to do something that was very meaningful to us. And to us, that was engineering drones with a purpose, being very purpose driven. And that was to engineer drones to help save lives. And that is that is our that is our like our mission as a company, drone saving lives of how can we engineer drone technologies to help build safer communities and to help save people during any emergency or situation. I mean, our world is constantly evolving. Things are constantly changing too. Uh, so we wanted to do something that was, was, was very meaningful to us. Uh, and that was, that was also really important too, in terms of helping us get through some difficult challenges and hurdles as well. Because when you're a, like a, it was during our last year of undergrad, so we're busy with capstone projects, senior classes, uh, and we're also starting a business from the ground up. I mean, time is intense, uh, but we were really passionate about what we were doing. So even if it was those super late nights or very hectic schedules for weeks on end, it was worth it because we were really passionate about what we were doing. And we found that passion through building drones for the emergency and first responder industries. I'm glad you touched on that. There's quite a few subjects I, I want to delve into that you brought up, but the first one was kind of that passion that you guys do have for it. I think that's something with all with any entrepreneurship venture, all entrepreneurs, they really have to have that underlying passion. And, and for you listeners, I know we talk about this a lot, but 
getting into it just purely for the money, like a lot of people think of, it's it's not going to allow you oftentimes to get over the hurdles that will be required to really make it big. You that that underlying passion that people have and that that intrinsic motivation for doing what they're doing is extremely important anytime you're doing anything like where you have to venture off, go out on your own, start something from scratch. It's just so extremely important. And I'm really glad to hear that you guys obviously have that. And and I didn't doubt that you did, but it's just great to hear that because that, that's just a sign that they got another thing going for them. Like they're more likely to succeed if that really is the case. And it's not just, you know, financially driven. Um, another thing you touched on were some of the potential hurdles that you guys have been able to get over because of that passion and because of that drive. And that's something I wanted to ask about too. What have been some of the major, you know, I'm sure there's been many, right, as, as with any industry, but the difficulties really with starting this emergency response drone company that you guys are? Yeah. Uh, well, to, to your original point too, uh, I think perseverance is a big, a big, uh, a big thing that any entrepreneur faces of persevering through challenges, setbacks. Uh, but one of the biggest drivers of perseverance is passion. If you're really passionate about what you're doing, it's, it's, you're able to persevere through those challenges and, um, those setbacks. Um, it's still difficult. Like, don't get me wrong. Like those setbacks and moments of like, oh gosh, like why, like moments of big frustrations, like passion does not necessarily help at those moments, but it helps the entrepreneur like persevere through that and find innovative solutions to, to, to jump across those hurdles. Um, to, to your, to your question of some of the challenges that we, that we face, it was two. I'll, I'll touch upon kind of the student experience as well, because student entrepreneurship is really, really, really unique of, uh, you're surrounded by peers that are, uh, maybe doing some of the stereotypical like opportunities of like internship or research or uh, looking to like apply for jobs or full-time positions. Uh, but then students that are starting their own business, it's a, it's a whole new space. It's a whole new like ecosystem of um, uh, drive and tenacity and uh, doing something like incredibly different than maybe the students that are in your classroom. Um, and for, for us, our last year of undergrad, uh, I think one of the biggest the, the challenges was time. Uh, we are bouncing around a bunch of different bunch of different things. How do we effectively manage our time to make sure we're putting time into Pairwave? Um, and we always make time for Pairwave, whether it be at like one a.m. in the morning or like uh, maybe <laughs> responding to emails during class. Uh, probably is not something we we should have done too often, but uh, I mean. When, when back's against the wall and you have to get work done, you, you, you do what you have to and you, you multitask like crazy. Um, but the time aspect was really, really interesting. I think that's something that a lot of student entrepreneurs face. Of how do you balance the time to get the things you still have to get done for completing your degree? But also, how do you uh, make time for the, the business that you're starting? Um, that That's a really, I think, um, a, an interesting area. And also student entrepreneurs finding communities with other student entrepreneurs too. I think that's really empowering of like, Hey, you're not alone. Like, like I think all student entrepreneurs can, can, can relate to just challenges, the challenges, but also their, the, the excitement to innovate and build and to, to disrupt whatever industry that they're going into uh, and doing something really unique and something that they're passionate about. Um, so I think time was something that, um, 
uh, was was a definitely definitely an interesting challenge. Uh, so we were really excited to be going to Paraway full time after we graduated, uh, because now we get to work on we got to work on Paraway full time. Um, things are still difficult, challenging, especially with um, uh, working with a limited budget at times. Uh, but it's we're really excited to be doing what we're doing as well. You bring up time management. Um, and that I think that's just also an extremely common one for entrepreneurs, right? Especially young ones. You mentioned being in school, having to do this stuff, sometimes working during class, essentially multitasking like that. Let's dive a little deeper into your thoughts kind of on the work life, even social, maybe student balance that entrepreneurs face. Is there perhaps um, advice types of things that you have learned on how to better balance uh, all of those all of those facets that you would maybe suggest to young entrepreneurs or or newer entrepreneurs as well? Yeah, um, I think that the idea there's no perfect solution to the best time management. There's a lot of tips and tricks and ideas and frameworks that people can implement into approaching effective time management, but I always tell people like take everything with a grain of salt and do what works best for you and constantly find innovative ways to to manage your time. Um, I know that time, the word time management is used heavily, like how do you manage your time? But I think that it's a work in progress and every week's different. And for entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship in general, every day is different. Every week is different. Um, so an element of flexibility is really, really critical, but also a, a structure to hold yourself accountable to make sure you're still getting the work that needs to get done done. Um, so I think that the biggest the biggest ad advice that I have is find a balance between taking the time to do the things you need to do, have structure, but have flexibility in that structure. So depending on how thing, whatever is thrown at you, you can juggle it around, but still effectively get the things you need to get done. Um, one of the biggest things that I used to do when I was in college is put too much on my plate. And I still think I do that. Um, but I learned the importance of whatever I'm doing to be passionate about it or be interested in about it because automatic, like it's work is work, but if you enjoy the work that you're doing, it's, it's a lot more fun. You're able to put that passion behind it and you're able to deliver much better quality results. There's some things you have to get done that no one likes to do and you, you just have to do it for the sake of doing it, but seek out opportunities that you're passionate about, diversify your experiences, step outside your comfort zone, allow time in your schedule per week to breathe just a little bit to also explore new things and to challenge your mindset to continue growing. I think that's a really, really foundational for, for any aspect of time management of have structure, but have flexibility um, and, and be okay with things not being okay. Cause there might be some weeks you don't get everything you need to get done, but, but that's okay. Um, every week's a fresh start. Uh, and having that positive mindset um, and being honest with yourself too and being honest with those around you. Um, if you miss a deadline, owning up to it. If you uh, say you're going to do something, then you don't, owning up to that as well and holding yourself accountable in terms of how you approach uh, the time that you have. Holding yourself accountable, discipline, the perseverance, structure. I think all those things you just touched on there are extremely important. How have you personally been able to hold yourself accountable, keep yourself disciplined to doing what you need to do, because that's another issue that oftentimes new entrepreneurs will face 
is the idea of, you know, I, I have this idea, I've worked on it for a bit, and now it's looking difficult. I'm running into some challenges, and I maybe, you know, I bring it up in the past shiny object syndrome. I, I see this new idea, and I want to work on that because now I see the, the massive potential that that has. And you lose sight of your original vision and, and staying true to what you really were doing and that passion that you originally had. And I think that's why passion is so key. I think it's so easy to fall into shiny object syndrome when you are just doing things for the money, for example, yeah. where when you have that intrinsic drive and that intrinsic passion going for you, uh, I think that really helps with that perseverance side. But what are some maybe examples of times where you've had to, you know, um, rely on your discipline or uh, not, not punish yourself, but hold yourself accountable for missing maybe a deadline or while, while also not being too hard on yourself as well. Yeah. Um, you brought up a, a really, really great point. Um, so with passion, passion is great to, to persevere, to push through, to do something that you enjoy, but sometimes it can also cause us to be blind in terms of, are you doing the things that we need to get done? Um, so one of this is something I implemented just, um, like last year's on my calendar, I, I, I do a pretty decent job of like kind of charting out like, what am I doing throughout the day? Like blocking out my time of like, Hey, I'm setting time aside to do this and setting a time aside to do this task or focusing on getting a bunch of these tasks done or whether it be for business development, product development, um, uh, like working on the actual, working on the actual aircraft, how am I spending my time throughout the week? So all right, I'm really passionate about what I'm doing. These are my goals for the next like two, three weeks of what I want to get done. And then those two, three weeks pass. I force myself to look at how was my time spent these past three weeks? Like, okay, I had this goal. I wanted to achieve this or get to this, uh, to this milestone. How have I spent my time throughout the past few weeks in terms of reaching that goal? And I have a really honest like um, self-reflection moment of, I say that I'm passionate about this. I say that I'm working towards this goal, but am I making sure that I put the time in throughout my week or in my schedule to achieve that goal? Um, and time goes by quickly. Uh, that was another thing that uh, like looking back, it's like, oh gosh, like since we started, um, since Parawave was, was born in early 2022, I mean, it's been over a year and a half. Like time goes by quickly looking back on things, but we've also, we've grown a ton. We've learned a lot. Um, but there's been a couple different milestones since our journey. Uh, and I always joke that calendar invites are just my calendar keeps my life together. But in terms of that time management structure too, I also look at how am I spending my time each week? Where am I maybe, where can I allocate more time to the things that are more important to me? And what are areas where I'm like, hey, like maybe um, multitasking too much and not being very efficient with my time. How can I... Uh, or am I doing things that are unnecessary or things I can wait? Am I doing a good job prioritizing the things that I need to get done, done? Um, and that's something that it's always a work in progress. Like time, there's no perfect solution to time management. Um, and I think holding yourself accountable is the best way to do that is looking back on taking a step back, looking at your calendar, looking at the things that you're doing constantly and seeing where areas like, do I feel happy with where I'm at? Um, like, do I feel that I'm getting to where I'm going? And do I feel that I'm being honest with myself in terms of how I'm navigating that journey? Um, you mentioned of the, the, you joked of like self punishment, like, how do you hold it? Like, if let's say if you're not like, how do you, um, 
I think that the, I, I would never say that there was like a self punch where I was like, oh gosh, like how, how dare you Aditya? Like, like, like I'm yelling at myself. I've never done that, but I always take a step back of like, okay, like I'm going to try and do better. Like, okay, I'm going to work on this. Or I'm going to be more thoughtful and more mindful of how I approach that. Um, and it's just an honest conversation myself, like just keeping that positive mindset because there's no week that's going to be perfect. There's no, like nothing's perfect. Nothing is black or white. Um, but everything's a work in progress. So keeping that positive mindset. And I feel that's also really uplifting too. Cause let's say if, let's say something doesn't go out as, as intended, but then I'm like yelling at myself, like, oh my gosh. And like, then I like wave guilt and anger and frustration. Like that's wasted energy that I can be putting into something else more productive. I should still have that moment where I recognize, like, I did not do the things that I needed to do. And having that moment of like, all right, Aditya, that was not a good job. And being, having that honest conversation, that, that, that mindful moment, but then picking myself back up and moving forward with a positive mindset. Um, and I've really, for the past two years specifically, I've really focused in terms of mindset and it's been really empowering too, uh, with all the work that I've done and also with the people that I work with too. Uh, and that's been, um, it's been very uplifting. I think you structured all of that very, very eloquently. And I like that you bring up the idea of structure and flexibility and fluidity, because that allows you to, at least in my mind, it allows you to, you have to have that structure to keep you on track, keep you, keep your eyes focused on the right point out in the future. Right. But also the ability to have that flexibility, that fluidity to make adjustments, make time allocation adjustments where you see necessary, where you see fit. I think that's extremely important for, you know, people could set up this schedule. And I think it, it's one of the, the guru kind of ideas of one size fits all do this, do that. Um, having a schedule blocking out times. I think that is one that is beneficial, but you have to be adjustable with it. If you make one schedule and you're like, you know, I'm going to do this for the next year, that that is a step in the right direction, right? But you're going to need to make adjustments along the way. And it may sound obvious, but it's it's that blend of knowing, okay, when do I need to make changes? When do I need to make time allocation adjustments to my schedule? And when do I need to actually do what needs to get done because you may just be thinking oh i don't want to do this thing so i'm going to locate more time to this but having that honest reflection with yourself like you mentioned of okay no what actually does need to get done not necessarily just like you said it's still work right and with all work even when you love it there are certain aspects of it that you have to do that you maybe don't enjoy quite as much or at least at least until you get to about a billion dollars and you can just hire out absolutely everything that you don't want to do but uh, until you get to that point, entrepreneurship is certainly work as well. Being um, present in the moment too. Um, mm -hmm. Like if you're doing something, but you're spending a lot of time thinking about what you're going to be doing next, you're not giving attention to the things that you need to do present in the moment. Um, I think being very intentionally present with what you're doing is I think really is something that I, I, I struggled with because before I'd always be like thinking about all the other things I have to do. I'm like, if I'm doing that for every task of worrying about what I'm going to be doing next, I'm not giving the time that I need to be focusing on the things I need to do now. Um, so that was a really interesting, um, I think, moment of self-discovery that I didn't realize before. And uh, you brought up a good point. Like everyone also has a really different 
balance between structure and flexibility. Like some people are really efficient and their best ideas come when their entire schedule is super flexible. For others, they need that structure in order to be efficient and to drive results. So every, every person's different. And um, I think everyone has to be open to, to finding that best balance for them. And another excellent thing you touched on was the idea of goal setting as well. And that, that, like you just said, some people may rely on more structure. Others may require, you know, a little more creativity, a little more fluidity throughout their day, flexibility, but having those kind of long-term or at least intermediate goals that you can still be shooting towards and still be expecting to achieve, that will allow you to kind of get some feedback as well. Some, some objective feedback kind of, of, uh, you know, did I accomplish it? Right. Did I, did I accomplish this task or did I not? Then maybe what I, was it, was it uh, a too difficult of a task to ask myself or should I be allocating my time differently? So I think that blend that, uh, that unique blend of structure and flexibility is just so extremely important whenever you're scheduling out. But I do think the scheduling idea itself is in most cases anyway, extremely beneficial. Um, switching gears here a little bit, Aditya, one other thing you brought up was the idea that while you were a student and also working on a startup venture, one of the benefits that I see that having is the idea of mentorship. And you're constantly around people, you know, at university who are, are there to help you, are there to guide you, right? That is one of the, the crucial benefits, I think, or huge benefits of it. Can you speak a little bit on how mentorship has played a role in not only your own life, but maybe in the life of uh, the journey of Parawave as well? Oh my gosh, uh, absolutely. Uh, Parawave, Parawave and also our individual selves um, as just professionals or as students. Um, I guess I'll first try and talk about uh, for, through, through my lens, uh, both in my personal life as well as in Parawave as a startup. Um, we've been really, really blessed to have some phenomenal mentors that have not only helped identify opportunities or just like just guidance and just positive reinforcement, um, being that, that individual that's like, Hey, like you're doing a good job or, uh, providing that like honest feedback, but also that encouragement to, to keep pushing us to the next level. Uh, I've been so, so lucky to have some really phenomenal, phenomenal mentors through like even like through high school and then through college, like if we looked at any different like period in time, like there's every, every years look different for the, the past, like five, five, 10 years. I think that's for any, everybody, but uh, I've been really lucky throughout like many different like milestones or different, like, I guess, eras of my, of my, my life journey. I've been really lucky to have some phenomenal mentors and I would not be where I am today w without those mentors. Uh, and, and for Parawave too, we've, being a part of the the Keenan Center for Entrepreneurship at, at Ohio State, which is where the President's Buckeye Accelerator was was housed, uh, we had some phenomenal mentors there that not only understood what it means to be an entrepreneur, but really strive to create a community of student entrepreneurship where other student ventures is a safe space for any student entrepreneur to exist and to be in uh, and to grow. I mean that uh, we learn so much from mentors, but we also learn so much from our fellow peers. Uh, and it's it's a really encouraging space to to be in. So I think the aspect of community is is so important. Um, and in terms of mentors, knowing that you can reach out to them at any time, I think that was something that was so um, 
was was so impactful of knowing like if there was anything that happened like a huge like a really big hurdle or just like someone to just to talk to or to help bounce ideas off of like having those those mentors just to have a like a conversation it's a safe space where you can talk about anything and they're they're not going to judge you they're just only going to be there to help support and empower you um, I think mentors play a critical role in so many people's lives and so many professionals' lives. And I think it's really also up to the, to the mentee to, to, to show that appreciation and to say like, Hey, like, like, thank you. Um, cause I think that it's also up to the mentee maybe in like 10, 15 years, um, or whenever they're possible to then pass, pay it forward and then helping to support other student entrepreneurs, helping to support, um, other people that are entering the entrepreneurial space and, kind of pave it, passing it forward and paving it forward and helping to pave it forward for, for other students to follow. Uh, cause it's a journey. Uh, and that is, um, that that's so, so important. Um, just as an entire community as an entrepreneurial community as a whole, uh, when we empower each other, we rise together. Um, and I think that that messaging is really important and finding the right mentor. Um, that's also important too. Um, if, it doesn't click between the mentee and the mentor, like that's okay. But finding the right mentor that is uh, respectful of your, your aspirations is accepting of who you are without judgment uh, and appreciates you and respects you for who you are. Uh, those are really critical elements. And also a mentor that is willing to help you without getting anything in return. And that's really, really special. Um, have and finding those mentors can be can be a challenge uh but i can say on behalf of of the pairwave team and also just for myself as a as an individual I, i've been really really lucky to have some phenomenal mentors in my life um and also they mentors turn to be friends also when it's it's also been a couple of years too so um that's um it's an exciting time i really like one of the things you brought up about paying it forward and before I touch on that, I would just like to bring up one more, I think, key quality um, of a mentor, and that is the ability to help you and give you constructive feedback without, like you mentioned, you know, belittling you or in any way like that, but also being willing to, you know, tell you when they think that something's not quite right, you know, or this needs an adjustment. I think that's another huge quality. And it's funny because this comes up in every episode. So for anyone wanting to be an entrepreneur, I think the concept of mentorship is so extremely important because everyone we talk to here, they, they talk about how influential it was in their life and not only having a mentor, but seeking them out to find one and then finding and sifting through the one that is really right for them. Because there are mentors who mean well, and but maybe just aren't the right fit for you at that time. But the idea of having one, was that something that you ever had to uh, get over? I know some people will be, well, they'll think that they were confident in their own abilities and they just kind of want to do things their own way. And I think that confidence is necessary, but being able to, you know, check your ego at the door in a way and accept the help and seek out the help from mentors and, and, and peers that you, like you mentioned as well. Um, was that something that was ever a challenge for you or was that something that came a little more naturally um, to you? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, before I, before I answer that question, um, uh, another point that I want to make too about mentors, uh, some of the best mentors also allow you to, to figure things out by yourselves. 
and they chime in at the right the right time and, and they're really good on timing and, and that's so important there's I, but maybe some people need that like that overbearing like constant feedback some mentees really benefit from just having that space and freedom and to like check in as needed um but a mentor is able to assess the timing and able to understand when to give that feedback um and and that comes with a lot of intuition and wisdom of knowing when to give that feedback uh and having that 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 sound timing um to to your to your recent question of have i always sought out mentors i've always welcomed feedback always welcomed constructive criticism some of the best best most the mentors that i have the most respect for are the ones that gave me some of some some very difficult feedback um, and that that to me shows that they cared enough to give the constructive feedback in a very kind but firm way, uh, and they weren't worried about like oh like is it if you're gonna be upset with me or whatnot. They they cared more about helping me recognize and improve, uh, and that to me was really valuable. Of like they had the trust to to give that that constructive feedback, but they also cared about me to give that feedback. Um, mentors that are unable or not able to give feedback. Um, it, it, the mentor mentee relationship, uh, it's, I, I don't think it's as beneficial to the mentee, uh, mentors that are able to give feedback and are able to call out the mentee saying, Hey, like, that's not, um, uh, that's not great. Or that's not like, there's, a, there's another way to do it. Or, um, you are not, um, doing the things that you need to be doing. Uh, that is, um, that, that also takes a lot of confidence in the mentor too. Um, for, and the men, it's up to the mentee to also be, to listen, to be open to that feedback. But if you're listening to feedback or let's say a mentor is giving ideas and suggestions to the mentee and the mentee chooses not to listen to that feedback, it's really important for the mentee to explain to the mentor why they didn't do the thing that they asked or what was that reasoning. Because if a mentor is giving advice to a mentee and then the mentor sees like, hey, that mentee is not listening to me whatsoever, they're not going to feel inclined to keep giving feedback. Like there's no contractual agreement between the mentor and mentee. The, the, the mentorship can stop at any moment. Um, but it's really, it's on the onus on the mentee to give that explanation to the mentor. Like, hey, like this is why I chose to do this different. I really appreciate your feedback. But this was my reasoning, and this is why I approached it a different way. And giving that explanation, because it really provides an open conversation between the, both the mentor and the mentee to continue um, to continue that relationship. And for me, I, I've always been open to, to feedback and people that have said, hey, Dithya, like, this is some feedback that I, that I, um, that I have for you. But a lot of my mentor, mentor, mentee, my, a lot of my mentors, they became mentors after I've worked with them or I've known them for some time. It was never like the first conversation I had with them and then they became a mentor. Uh, it usually happened like a year or two later where then I started viewing them as a mentor. And then I also would tell them to like, I'm so grateful for your mentorship and like, thank you for taking the time to be a mentor to me. Uh, but that took like, that took a couple of years to develop that relationship as well. Um, so it, it, for me, it always happened very genuinely and authentically. Um, from the first, I've never gone to someone saying, hey, I want you to be a mentor after like a five minute conversation. I, and I, I feel that I think mentors pick the mentee. I, I, I don't 
I, I think sometimes mentees can ask for a mentor or seek out a mentor, ask directly, hey, like, can you be my mentor? But I, I, I think some of the best mentorship relationships are the ones where the mentor picks the mentee and the mentee respects the mentor. Uh, and that it, it, it's sometimes a flip of a coin. It, it happens through life chance and um, a, a one-off conversation, or uh, sometimes it happens after a couple of years of knowing someone. I like what you said there about the mentor picking the mentee. And I would add that I think sometimes, at least in my experience, it's, it's also nonverbal, right? It's not necessarily a, Hey, that we've had a good relationship. I'd like to mentor you. You know, it's, I think it's a little more of, you just know, you know, like in my experience, I feel like I've the mentors that I have currently and, and have had in, in different, you know, stages of life in the past. You kind of just know you pick up the the innuendos, the nuanced behavior of like, okay, yeah, this person would definitely be open to me asking them more questions about this or looking to them, seeking more advice in this area and that area. And I think that's extremely important for the mentee to recognize, you know, and and realize that, yeah, like this would this be a good fit? And 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 the fact that you brought up the relationship building as well, not just seeking someone random person out right away who's successful in business and being like, Hey, I want you to mentor me. You know, if, if you're trying to go that route, I at least try and get to know them a little bit beforehand, show some interest in right in what they're doing, genuine interests and, and that sort of thing. But, but yeah, really learning from the connections that you have. And that's why networking, not networking in a, in a superficial way, but, but having a network as a whole is, is so important because then you have just a variety of people you can reach out to for information and that you trust and that you trust will, you know, have your best interest at heart for the most part. And uh, I think that is extremely important as well. You mentioned something as well, which was, you think the, the mentees, right? Us, we have a, a kind of a duty, a responsibility to, to also give back, you know, either right away right now as we speak or at a future date. Um, are there some things you are perhaps currently doing to give back as, as a men mentor yourself of sorts or plans that you maybe have made to really kind of pay it back to those people that or pay it forward, I guess, to those people that will be going through what you have, have gone through and will go through. Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great, great question. I am very much more in the mentee role than the mentor role. Um, very much, especially for entrepreneurship, very much on the mentee side of things of receiving the, receiving the, cause I, uh, very much on the, the early stage and, and building from, from the ground up. And there, there's so much that I have yet to learn and, um, uh, and it's a good answer. Uh, very, very, um, uh, I have a lot, lot to learn. Uh, but the areas that I am able to, to support, um, there's, I've, especially after starting Parabook 2, I had a couple of people like students like ask questions or just interested or just very curious because for, for I think a lot of students in college, it's a get your degree, go get a job or maybe do research or do grad school or like, like seek out, seek out a job after your, your um, education. But rarely, rarely the students like, oh, like I'm going to start my own business or I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Um, or maybe someone's a student starts a, a side business, but they're still their main goal is to still go into like industry or like government, like or any full time job after after college. Um, but in terms of like my I guess mentorship, I've had quite a few students ask me like or like showing just like hey like I'm actually interested in starting a business or like I'm like 
I'm like thinking about like doing this or like, hey, like I'm kind of curious into to diving into like starting something up myself. And for me, a lot of my help has been or paying it forward is pointing at resources, like saying, hey, like there's this opportunity, there's this opportunity, or like check out this, um, um, check out this like group on on campus or like getting them connected um, with different opportunities that are available. But also then not for me not coming across as like this like this it's this this super unachievable thing it's like being very open and honest of like that's it's fun it's exciting like and doing something that you're passionate about and giving the advice that i have of hey like it's not like this thing of starting a business like this unachievable thing like you can do it too like it is like find something you're passionate about take as much time as you need to figure things out because it definitely took me a long time to figure things out and it took me a long time to also identify as an entrepreneur too um it wasn't like the minute i started prayer i was like oh i'm an entrepreneur like it took a time to to embrace that identity and to develop that conviction of being an entrepreneur um so the biggest i think mentorship in terms of paying it forward is students that are interested or students that are interested in kind of diving into the space more of being very honest and transparent of my journey um and letting letting the students that are interested around me understand that this is also a very a journey that they can take too. Um, I think that there's it can be very easy for an individual to say like to to constantly like to show off and like act like like this is like oh like it's like no one else can do this and it's like this is only like but I, I think that the I've I've very much served as being very genuine, authentic and very honest. Um and I think that's been my way of kind of paving it back to the student entrepreneurial community. Um, and the Canyon Center Entrepreneurship too, serving as a kind of like a near peer mentor of like a, a student that's maybe just like a little bit older than the current students that are like working on their ventures. Because um, you can talk to someone that has like 20 years of experience, but if you talk to someone that's just like, like just a little bit older than you that is still very much in the same boat, it can be very comforting too. And also um, it helps build that, that student entrepreneurial um, that's student entrepreneurial base. But I, I, in terms of being a passing it forward, still very much on the, the mentee side of things. Um, I still have a lot to learn, but I've also very much focused on the community aspect of helping to uplift others and students that are interested in stuff. Like, it's like, hey, check out this event or like, hey, like, check this out or like, let me let me know if you have any questions or feel free to reach out anytime if um, uh, if you ever want to grab coffee or chat uh, and just being very open to supporting other students as well. Certainly. Yeah. I think that's an important distinguishment to make, to know, you know, when, when you still have a lot to learn, right. You want to, you want to pass people on to the best resources that you've found because you maybe aren't that resource yet, right. You have more to learn. You know, I think that's a very admirable thing to do as well. And to understand that other people or other resources might be what's most beneficial to them at that time, but then still being that, that peer mentor, in a way, um, being that to influence. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. To help influence them as well. Um, another thing I, I want to bring up here, switching gears a little bit, but you did mention it, the idea of when you kind of realized you were an entrepreneur. Uh, I feel like a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people, some entrepreneurs have that specific moment, right? That they're like, this is it, right? This is it for me. Did you have one of those or have you kind of always had the entrepreneurial spirit? How has your mindset either, you know, maybe stayed the same or shifted as far as that goes? Yeah, I've for for a very long time, especially for the past like six to eight years, I've 
been very much a self-starter of starting something from nothing and then bringing people, um, bringing people together, building teams, empowering other people and creating those, um, those focus groups of, um, of whether it be like a, a friendship or, uh, like a team to, to tackle on a challenge or, or building micro communities, um, around, around something I've for, and it also team building, team building is a very big a very important skill set for for any entrepreneur to to have especially when you're building a team and building a business from the ground up being able to bring those around you to start something new and to to pave that path together um so team team building empowering those around you um and starting starting something from from nothing but i guess the the nothing there truly is like it's i always keep saying like oh building from the ground or building from nothing but it's not nothing. It's you, and and you are something. And I think that's a really important uh, something to for everyone to keep in mind. Of you are something, and you're building something. You're building something from the ground up, but you are that ground up. And when you bring people together, that that that's a launching pad of innovation and just um, disruptive creativity. Um, in terms of recognizing when I was an entrepreneur, I've always had moments where I started a lot of really exciting things and it always came from passion of like oh my god i'm interested to do this like let's do this um but in terms of identifying as an entrepreneur that really happened my last year of undergrad where i i i, I developed that conviction of i'm really passionate about this i'm really passionate about what i'm doing and i am an entrepreneur um because before especially when i started pair i was like oh yeah i'm starting a business i'm starting a business but i never i, I would never say like oh, like I'm, I'm an entrepreneur um, cause like, I, I didn't feel that, like that identity just yet. Uh, and that, that moment of that moment that it really hit me, it was actually earlier on this year. It was when I, I had a moment, I forgot when it happened, but it was, I had a moment where I said, I really, I really care about Parawave. I really care about what I'm doing. I'm really passionate about this. And like, I embraced it. I embraced the idea of build like building building a business and building something that I'm really passionate about, and then I, and then I clicked of like I am an entrepreneur, like I am a self starter, and then I, I I took a moment to reflect back on the past like five six years, and I was like oh my gosh like there there were so many moments where I I started something or I built something from the ground up or I, I completely changed uh, how a structure was is like let's do something different. And really going out of my way to do that, but I always maybe identified as like a self-starter or like doing something that's like unique and creative. But I never re-identify as an entrepreneur, and I think that's a lot of students or a lot of individuals face that. Like they have aspects of entrepreneurship, and entrepreneurship is—it's not just like a specific set of skills. It's entrepreneur. It's a very, um, it's a very dynamic, dynamic word, and it represents a lot of different things. And I think there's a lot more people out there that have those skill sets to be an entrepreneur and they recognizing that too, like, Hey, I'm a self-starter or like, Hey, I'm okay with being a little disruptive or like, Hey, like I'm okay with like being creative and how I'm approaching things. And then recognizing that that feeds into being an entrepreneur as well. Um, so I think that was kind of my mindset shift. Um, uh, and that was really empowering, especially when I identified as an entrepreneur, like, when I said that I was like, I'm going to Paraway full time, I'm doing this, like, I feel really like proud. I feel excited. Like, I feel that intrinsic motivation of 
I validated myself and I'm not relying on anybody else to validate me. Like I am like I have validated myself. I'm really excited to be on the journey that I am. The journey is not the clearest. It's not a linear path. There's going to be a ton of challenges in the next five, 10 years. I can have an idea of what that plan is going to be, but it's definitely going to be a rocky journey. But I know whether it's going to be now or 10 or 15, 20 years later, I'm still going to be an entrepreneur. And I don't know where life is necessarily going to take me, but I'm really excited for it. And I know that whatever challenges there are too, I'm going to be able to innovate and overcome that and persevere through it. Uh, so I think that identity components really is really important because it feeds into the passion, it feeds into the perseverance, it feeds into that innovative thinking, and it feeds into the, that community as well. What was the experience like reflecting on the decision to take Parawave full-time? Because I think that is every entrepreneur's end goal, obviously, is to be able to work full-time on their venture. Take us through kind of your reflection, the factors that went into that decision. And that had to be a super, um, I'm sure, nerve-wracking, but also joyful experience as well. Definitely nerve-wracking. Definitely difficult. Um, I say that with a smile now because I'm looking back and I'm like, oh gosh, like that was, um, it was definitely a very turbulent decision-making process because... I mean, I, it, it's, it's funny because like, since you're like K through 12 or you're in college, you always seem like, oh, get a degree, go get a job or go to grad school. I was actually pre-med for my, through K through 12, I always thought like I'm going to go to med school. And then I found a much stronger passion for engineering in college. And I switched into, switched into engineering and uh, one thing led to another. But um, the idea, like for the majority of my life was always like, there was like, go work in a business, go work in a hospital. Like that was the, the end goal. Never did I think, oh, I'm going to start my own business. So then to be in a position like towards uh, the summer after I graduated to think to myself, like, am I going to go pursue a, like a full-time opportunity or am I going to focus on my startup full-time? And is the startup making any uh, like, are we is Parawave like off the off the ground and it's like Parawave like generating revenue and is Parawave like this like super successful startup business? Uh, not yet. There's still a lot of work that we have to do to get to that point. Um, but I also told myself like I'm really passionate about Parawave. It's a really incredible opportunity. I've been building it for for over over a year now. Um, maybe let's take that risk and let's see what let's see what happens. Um, and I was also, I mean, and both for me and my co-founder too, Jack, we're both really passionate about Parawave. And we also said, if we're doing something else, even if that something else is part-time, it's going to be really juggle time. It's going to be really difficult to balance like, like a, a part-time job or like a, even like a full-time job and also the, the business as well. And we have the, I, I think the benefit of being young, of we're we're in our early twenties, so uh, if we're gonna, uh, a lot of people told us that like, hey, if you're gonna make mistakes, it might as well, might as well do it now. But I'll even say too, there's a lot of adults that are like halfway through their their, their careers and then they decide to stop and to pursue their startup full time. And I don't think that age should be a discriminator. Um, now there might be more responsibility, especially if you have a family, et cetera, and uh, more more mouths to feed, but. Um, I think that anybody can pursue their startup at, at any moment. And um, 
if if they're able to and they see the opportunity um, to to take it if if they're able to. It is risky. It is not guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. Every startup goes to the valley of death. Um, but if I, I think that one of the the biggest things that an entrepreneur can do is rather than say like, oh, the future is uncertain or like everything's uncertain is categorize that risk and then find ways to de-risk that uncertainty. Uh, take the uncertainty, classify into risk, and then find ways to de-risk to then come up with a structure and plan to then um, to pursue that, pursue that startup. Um, uh, I know, I, I think I earlier, I said like, oh, like if a individual's like, yeah, pursue that startup full time, it's very, if you have a family, it's much more difficult to, to say that. Um, but I think that if there's, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. It might be 80 hours of grueling work per week or 80 plus hours of grueling work per week. But if you're really passionate about what you're doing and you have a vision of where you're going, um, uh, humans can do some really phenomenal things. And there's a lot of resources and people out there that, that are willing to help. Um, I think it would be a lot more difficult starting a business 100 years ago. I think now, I mean, with the w with like student competitions or entrepreneurial communities for anyone, uh, not just for students, but for any entrepreneur at any stage of life, um, there's it's really exciting to see that embrace uh, embracing um, and creating support systems um, and celebrating celebrating not just the successes, but also celebrating the setbacks of like, hey, you're learning it and you're you're persevering through it. Um, I think that's just as important. I love what you brought up about risk and categorizing risk, right? Putting almost putting a face on the risk, I think is important because I, I get this from a book, Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. I'm not sure if you're very big into reading um, books or not, but Good. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Context clues, Matt. I'll get better at that. No, um, no, no. no. <laughs> um, one of the things he I brings up in the background, in, but it, it ended up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the things he brings up in that book um, is the idea of kind of like what I said, putting a face on that risk and, and knowing that instead of just going through life, maybe you have an idea and not pursuing it because, oh, it's really risky. You know, oh, it's, it's this kind of actually dissecting what that risk is, you know, and, and going through, okay, what is the worst case scenario? What, what is, if that's the worst case scenario, it's probably not likely to happen. So what is a, a scenario that's, that's better, you know, still not ideal, but more likely to happen. Right. Sure. And then kind of going from there and deciding whether you're able to take that jump. Like you said, if you have a family, there's obviously different factors that go into those decisions, but really putting a face on the risk um, and then, then determining for yourself whether it's worth that reward. Because I think a lot of people have a lot of brilliant ideas and they don't necessarily act on them because of unknown or uh, masked risk in a way that doesn't really have a face to it and they haven't really looked into it as much. Another common theme that we've brought up a lot today already has been the idea of team building, fostering those relationships within the team. What's kind of the, the approach that you've taken to that so far? Maybe, you know, any advice, anything, just go ahead and run with it, uh, Aditya, as far as team building goes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I think that for, um, I think everyone approaches team building in very different ways. There's no one way to do team building. But I think for any team building, being authentic and genuine, I think that's the most important aspect of any individual that's building a team or building a community or bringing people together for a purpose. 
Uh, I think that for any any community building or any team building, being able to articulate the vision, the goal, and the structure to facilitate achieving that, like to to taking that team through that journey, is really really important. Um, and I think for any startup, um, uh, the finding the right co-founder or finding the right co-founders, um, that initial few people that are starting the business up, uh, that is really, really, really important. Uh, I'm, I, will, I would say I'm super lucky to have the best co-founder that there is, uh, Jack. Uh, I mean, he is, uh, we were great friends before we started Pairwave. Uh, so it was great that our foundation was our friendship. And then to then start Pairwave, um, it, uh, it, it was incredible. It wasn't like we just met. It's like, hey, let's start a business. Like we knew each other before that. Uh, and he's an incredible co-founder, um, very passionate, passionate, very driven, very honest, and has the qualities that I look for in a friend. Um, but also the, a lot of those qualities overlap in terms of what I look for a business partner uh, of someone that I want to work with. Uh, and someone that I trust and I enjoy working with, uh, but also, um, a, I, and I think for any any team, a, a culture of honesty. I think it's really, really, really important of making sure that whatever the values are of, whether it be communication, honesty, um, uh, pro, being proactive, list out listing out those values, and then. As, as a co-founding team or as a, as a team, or even if let's say it's one person starting up the team, looking honestly of, am I seeking out individuals that match these qualities for that team? But also too, the most important part is, am I myself embodying those values and qualities? Because I can say, hey, these are all the qualities I'm looking for in a team. But if I myself am not matching those qualities, how can I demand that from my team? Um, and, and teamwork and building teams, it's a two way street because you're going to look at the team and say, like, how's the team doing? But the team's also going to look at you to see how you're doing. Um, so really looking to empower individuals. I think empowerment's another aspect of giving people the freedom to perform and excel and to have that trust, but also ensuring that there's constant communication and honesty and transparency in terms of our objectives, our deliverables being met. Um, is our people um, performing the, the way that they need to to achieve those goals? Um, so I think that there's I've I've heard a lot, I've read a lot of uh, and heard a lot of people talk about the difference between leadership and being a manager. Um, leaders empower, managers tell people what to do, and I think being a leader is a really important aspect of any type of team building, um, but also especially for any start to finding the right co-founders or finding co-founders that you trust and want to work with. Um, that That's really incredible. And I'll say that I'm very lucky to have um, an incredible co-founder, Jack. And uh, um, it's also, um, it, it's a lot of fun working with him. He's fantastic to work with. Uh, and it's it's been a year and a half since we started and, and we're still going. So we're doing something right. And and we're still going with the same momentum, if not more. And uh, we're excited for the journey to come. Overlapping qualities and values, I think, is important. And complementary skill sets, right? I think those are two ways you can kind of categorize uh, the, the perfect sort of uh, co-founder, you know, or team member, I think. 
to have complementary skill sets, but then overlapping qualities, you know, and values. And another thing you brought up with honesty and you, you touched on it quick because you're talking from the context of team building, obviously where honesty is huge between team members, but then you brought up even with yourself as a, as a solopreneur, um, as a, as a sole business owner and startup founder, having that honesty with yourself is just as important as having honesty with others when you do eventually maybe have a team because it allows you to, you know, hold yourself accountable, d determine what you need to get done, where you're falling short, what areas you are really good at, whether you do need team members, that honesty within yourself, honesty in general, obviously, right, is just so, so critical. And having it not only with team members, but also with yourself, I think is extremely important and, and a great point that you mentioned there. Another thing is innovation, innovative thinking, um, ideation, creative thinking. You guys obviously have a creative product. You, you're fixing a, a fairly creative um, need in, in society and you're fixing it a, a critical need, but through a creative lens, I would say. How do you go about, you know, innovating, um, coming up with new ideas, knowing when to pursue a new idea and knowing when to say, okay, that idea doesn't really fit. I shouldn't go with that one. Um, not only starting things from scratch, right, but then also determining and discerning when you should take action on something and when you should not pursue it. Yeah, uh, I think that for, for any team that's looking to innovate, the biggest thing, people... So intuitively, I'm saying, all right, innovation means we have to brainstorm ideas. But the really critical part is how do we go about brainstorming those ideas? Innovation dry, demands ideas. So how do we get those ideas? And to get those ideas, it, it, the most important thing that needs to be done is fostering a space that encourages people to share ideas without fear of judgment, without fear of uh, repercussions, without fear of uh, criticism. And if you're in a space or in a team where you can freely share any idea that comes to mind, and you know that the people that you're sharing it with are not going to judge you or hold it against you or critique you, uh, that, that's an, that those are the best type of spaces to be in, where ideas are encouraged no matter how crazy or how out of the blue they are, or how abstract. Uh, creating those creating those spaces a space without uh fear of judgment and those are the most innovative spaces too where you can walk like it's like a 30 40 like rapid brainstorming conversation ideas being tossed around left right and center uh though though it's it's it feels kind of like you're in like an echo chamber and like you it, it's it's encouraging like the energy just like skyrockets uh and that type of um that that energy Sometimes you have to go through 200, 300, 400 ideas before you pick, you find that one or two um, that, that, that work. Uh, and I think that depending also on the challenge too, um, I mean, some obstacles or some innovative solutions require research. Some require really deep thinking. Sometimes it requires the time and space to let your mind wander and think of something else before you approach that, um, uh, that, uh, before you approach creative thinking. Sometimes ideas just come to you without when you're not even trying to think of it. Um, I, so I've had some ideas come in when I, like, I'm in the shower and I'm like, oh, like I should make sure I write this down or I'm like mowing the lawn or going for taking the dogs for a walk. Um, my mind wanders and that 
then I'm like, oh, wait, like I didn't think of this. And um, creating that the opportunities to let those ideas flow in, embracing it uh, and creating a space uh, without fear of judgment with the team that you're working with. I think that's really, really important, um, especially for companies, teams or startups that are looking to do something innovative. Um, I know I, I touched I, I touched upon um, um, sharing ideas, but the biggest the, the, for creating a space that encourages fostering ideas is listening. You have to make sure you're listening to the other people that are speaking. You're taking the time to actively listen to what they're saying, taking it in, internalizing it, uh, and, 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 and not tuning it out. So active listening to the ideas around you and also encouraging, acknowledging, giving credit to the ideas that are implemented and, and recognizing that and, um, um, spotlighting it as well. Uh, it's, it's a culmination of a wide variety of different things. Uh, a lot of people say, I want innovation, but they don't do anything to support an environment that drives innovation. And you have to have the environment in order to get the solutions or to, to, to generate those ideas. And there's no perfect idea. Um, there's just ideas that work really, really well. And there are ideas that just work better than other ideas. Um, and it's, it's all about the environment and the space that you create. I love that you brought up the showers because that's something for me that I so often, I think there is a deeper meaning to it though, right? Like it sounds funny, obviously on the surface, but the amount of ideas I'll have then, or, or if you just go for a walk, right? Something like that. You mentioned letting your mind wander and I don't even look, I know that's the phrase we use, um, but I know I don't even look at it as letting my mind wander. I, I think my brain is smarter than me. And I think people come to this conclusion when they're, they're trying to think of something, they're trying to remember this thing and they just can't think of it. And then they go to somewhere else in their brain, you maybe immediately thinks of it, right. Or, or will still think of it and, and eventually it will come to them. I, I like to think of it kind of as your brain is smarter than you, you're trying so hard to focus your energy on where you think that idea or where you think that thought is located, but you can't find it where if you just take a back seat, let your brain do what it does. And you just kind of relax for a little bit, not, not a lazy relaxation, but almost like a, you know, like a, like a required, uh, efficient, you know, innovative relaxation to allow your brain to just really actually think and, and free flow ideas, I think is absolutely huge. And finding that, that balance there, um, I think is also really crucial because it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to do, right? Especially for an entrepreneur. A lot of the times you think of, you know, 80, hundred hour weeks, you know, something absurd. And it's like, that doesn't mean you can't also do that, but there does have to be some time for a little bit of whether it's, you know, meditation or whether it's just some sort of deep relaxation, relaxing thought to kind of let your brain be smarter than you in a way is how I like to phrase it at times. Um, continuing to I learn. I think that's a big thing too. continuing to improve yourself and seeking out knowledge to, to learn. Um, I think that being committed to being a lifelong learner, I think that's a really important, um, aspect for, for any entrepreneur. Which ties absolutely wonderfully into books. Yeah. Uh, are there, what would you say is the most influential book you've ever read? And how do you approach reading as kind of a way to foster creative thinking as well and also continue learning? Oh, I'm only allowed to pick one book. Um, 
I've, I've read a lot of, a lot of books. Um, if I had to pick one, I would say this is one of the books that I read very much like, or this was before I identified as an entrepreneur. This was very much before, um, before Pairwave started. Um, uh, but a book that I, I find myself going back to quite a bit is Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Um, and I thought that it, it really, um, it was very much a, a big introduction for me to be more thoughtful and mindful in terms of how I approach the things that I do, whether the ways I interact with teams, the way I look into creating or starting things. And it, it made me be really thoughtful in terms of my mindset. And I think that was one of the first few books that I read that really made me think about how I'm approaching the, my mindset and how I approach the work that I do. Because um, work is work, but how you approach it's really important and how you engage with the people around you is really important. Um, and I thought that book did a really phenomenal job. Um, it was also, um, I think, one of the first few books that I read that was a catalyst in terms of me being very thoughtful and, and continuing to seek out um, an open mindset of continuing to keep an open mind and a growth mindset. Uh, uh, that's the word growth mindset, fostering a growth mindset for continuous improvement. Uh, and I thought that was really, it was really empowering and I highly, highly recommend the book. Um, there's also, uh, Brene Brown does a lot of really good, um, uh, uh, podcasts and talks as well. Um, and it, it's very thought provoking. Uh, and I think that, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs or just any individual can, can benefit from that. Well, you heard it there. Dare to lead. Aditya, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. I had a whole lot of fun. It was awesome conversation and I'm excited to hopefully have you on again sometime down the road in the future. And I'm wishing you all the best in all of your endeavors and especially with Parawave as well. Hey, thank you so much, Matt, for having me. This is a fantastic conversation. Really appreciate our discussion. And I would love to come back in the future. And uh, thank you.